everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk Public Service. I'm Manny Kim with the Public Service Center, and today is part three of our Big Four Practice Area series for 1Ls. Amanda Yale and I will be talking about what legal aid and nonprofit attorneys do, how they're similar and different. To help us, we sat down with alum Mario Salas, who's a 2014 grad, and he's a staff attorney at the Legal Aid Justice Center here in town. He's also a clinical instructor at the law school's Child Advocacy Clinic. We wanted to know what kind of people might really like legal aid work and be a good fit for it. I think that it's it's about people who have empathy and humility and, you know, want to lift up everybody in the community. That is the common thread. You know, one of the managing attorney here says that one of the biggest services we provide is just empathy and emotional presence. And I think that that's really true. I mean, because a lot of times the law is not set up for our clients to to succeed with the, resolving their problem. Yeah. Um, there are so many other barriers to that resolution that are non-legal, you know, that um, sometimes all we can do is listen and be present and through our service, um, hopefully preserve the client's dignity. Now we've heard from Mario about some of the characteristics that might make you a good legal aid attorney and make you like the job. But what do legal aid attorneys do? And what do non-profit attorneys do? The answer, first off, is pretty much everything. But technically speaking, all legal aids are nonprofits, And the big difference is that legal aid organizations focus on helping indigent clients one at a time on a big range of everyday legal needs. So for instance, say a client is getting unfairly evicted from her apartment. A legal aid attorney would negotiate with the landlord on her behalf and defend the eviction case in court. On the other hand, nonprofit attorneys might have clients that are just like her, but they're coming at the problem differently. They're trying to chip away at the causes of unfair evictions. So maybe a nonprofit attorney would sue HUD for a policy that discriminates against a lot of tenants. Of course, there's also a lot of overlap between the two, and attorneys even in the same organization might do both legal aid and nonprofit work. And that's part of the beauty. So one of the things that I think we talk about with students a lot is, you know, maybe I'm really interested broadly in civil rights. So how do I know whether I should do legal aid work, which is more one-on-one with individual clients, mm-hmm. versus working for a nonprofit? And how do I know what's the best fit for me? Like, what, what do we say? Yeah. So my, my answer is generally try both. Um, and you have two summers. Mm-hmm. You could also take an externship fall or spring semester, and you have pro bono. So go and do some direct client work, um, and then also do some impact litigation work or or class action policy type work um, and see where you fit, see what um, appeals to you the most and see where you can do the most good. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I noticed though, for me at least, the idea of doing legal aid work calls to mind talking with a lot of people having a lot of client contact. And so I feel like it's important to enjoy talking with clients a lot, spending a lot of time shifting between different tasks. You might be calling up a landlord and trying to ask for uh, for your rights, your client to be protected. You might be sitting down with a client for half an hour and interviewing them, writing something the next hour. I mean, what's, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I, I do think that you have to be somebody who enjoys working with people. Um, you also have to be somebody, I think, who has some patience yeah, and yeah. some understanding of the of the situation that these clients are in. 
not everybody's always going to call you back right away um, or they're not going to necessarily be on time for an office visit. It may even require you to have to go seek out your client wherever they mm-hmm. are in their apartment, at their job. Um, so it, it really takes a kind of person who has um, versatility and who enjoys working with people and somebody who really can understand the situation that your clients are in. So on the nonprofit side, my impression is that you spend a lot of time thinking about how to create a great case that's going to move the law forward for your clients. And then a lot of time also looking for those clients. So you might be talking with people or getting intake from people who who have been wronged and they want your help and trying to put together a good group of plaintiffs or single plaintiff for a case. And that also means, I think, spending less physical time with your clients. You know, you might spend a lot more time researching and writing, right? That's true. I think when you're doing the impact work, you are doing more research and writing. Um, You may meet with your client one time or a representative plaintiff in a class action uh, a couple times. But no, it's not very client heavy. However, if you're going to be doing any sort of policy work, uh, and certainly any sort of lobbying or policy work at at the state legislature level, you are interacting with people there too. They're Mm -hmm. just different people. Mm -hmm. Those are representatives of your state. Mm -hmm. Um, Which isn't to say if you're not a complete extrovert that this isn't the right path for you. Yeah. Because there's definitely places for everyone to find a home um, in legal aid and nonprofit work. Um, But there is definitely an in-person component to the work, regardless of which which place you find yourself. Sure, yeah, yeah. And another question we get a lot is, you know, I know I'm really interested broadly in something or other. Do I, how important is it for me to find my exact niche, right, and my track? You know, do I need to know what my issue is or who my, who my client should be going in? Yeah, that's a really, we get that question all the time, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think if you come in and think that you want to do work on behalf of low-income clients, you don't have to choose what particular area that is right away. Mm-hmm. You don't have to walk in saying, I know I want to be a housing lawyer, or I know I want to be a healthcare lawyer. I don't think you have to do that. But I do think you need exposure to these clients, mm-hmm. and you need to work on their behalf and advocate for them and with them on the multitude of issues that they have. Something that, you know... I learned when I was a legal aid lawyer is that every it's kind of like a house of cards for people who are low income and everything is connected. Mm, their transportation mm-hmm. is connected up with their employment, which is connected up with their housing, whether they have um, Medicaid, it's whether they have special education needs, yeah. it, it's all connected and it is all a house of cards and you pull one card out and the whole house can fall down. So I think that having exposure to the client and the whole web of, mm-hmm. of issues that are all interconnected is really helpful and will make you effective in whatever subject area you end up choosing to pursue. So how did you figure out where you wanted to go as a legal aid attorney? Yeah, so I kind of fell into child disability law, actually. Um, that wasn't the particular area that I had focused on in law school. Okay. I dealt more with, with domestic violence, right, frankly. Right. But I did work with children in the domestic violence context. Um, and I think that's actually what helped me get my public, my legal aid job doing child disabilities because I had worked with low income yeah. clients, um, and I had worked tangentially with children in these families dealing with these difficult situations. Um, but at the time, I, I didn't have specifically child disability experience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I learned on the job very, very quickly. So for you, what did you think was really important from a day-to-day -day basis, like a skill or personality trait that you had that helped you be a good legal aid or lawyer? Yeah, I, I, probably multitasking, <laughs> uh, juggling a lot of balls in the air at one time. Um, any given day, I would have, you know, two to five phone calls with various school administrators. I would be combing through medical records, trying to build a case for an SSI disability administrative hearing. Um, I may be doing a home visit with a family. Um, I may be having a meeting with a social worker. Um, I may be going to a hearing and arguing um, a, a case. So it, it was it was diverse. And so I think I think for somebody who doesn't want to just sit in their chair the whole day and research and write, but they want they want variety in their day, legal aid lawyering is really a, a really incredible opportunity to get to do all that. Um, and you get to do that and help somebody. Yeah, right, so right. So that's the payoff. Right? Yeah, right, right, right. Seeing them immediately say, oh my gosh, this actually helped me. Now I'm back in my house or my apartment. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, something I wanted to bring up is that we've been getting... Um, a lot of interest in immigration. Yeah, and that's a fantastic area of growth too. Uh, and I can imagine that, you know, on the on the impact side, the nonprofit side, you know, there's all kinds of cases going on. Um, Suing the administration, for instance, uh, about the travel ban, about border separation issues, asylum provisions and regulations and policies. But then, you know, if you're you can do legal aid work or nonprofit work on, say, workers' rights issues. So maybe you have a client who is an undocumented immigrant who is laboring and not getting paid right or right. getting cheated uh, right. or being harassed and being forced to stay in the job. Right. And that could be an individual legal aid case, or you might have a nonprofit, more impact litigation style of approach where you're representing a bunch of, the, of clients. Right. I think immigration is actually just a great example of how you can approach a, a, a broad topic from both a legal aid, direct client service perspective, as well as from a broader impact right. or policy perspective. And I think that's true for almost every single area you could possibly imagine. Um, so, you know, housing, for example, you could be a direct legal aid lawyer representing tenants mm -hmm. in a housing matter, um, eviction cases, for example, or you could bring um, a fair housing claim against HUD, um, mm -hmm. against the government, um, which would affect broad change um, mm -hmm. global, you know, domestically um, on the issue. Yeah, and the nice thing is a lot of attorneys do both. Yes. You know, sometimes they get to do it in a single job. Sometimes they do one for a while, for a couple of years or so, and then go on and do the other. And I think either way you go, you can move in and out. And that's just a really nice way to stay focused on the issues and the people you care about, but just going at it from a different way. Right. So yeah, I agree with you. You can you can move in between the two spheres, yeah. um, but do you think that there's actually a, a path for success, like a, tra yeah, a trajectory? Yeah, yeah. Like where do you start? Yeah, yeah, and I think you know some of it's about pragmatically what kind of jobs are available from from the start, and when you intern or if you do an externship or a clinic, you can go anywhere. But right after law school, if you want to start immediately in this job there are more openings for people doing legal aid, direct client services work first. It's not impossible, but it's harder to start off in the larger advocacy nonprofit work. And so if you get a, fe a fellowship, for instance, a Skadden Fellowship or Equal Justice Works Fellowship, those are more available if you're doing direct client work for indigent clients. Um, but again, sometimes you can weave in elements of the impact work too if you want. 
It's just I think it's a little easier to get that job. What, what's your take? Yeah, um, I do think that there are more opportunities to begin in direct legal services. The, the other piece, though, is that having worked with clients kind of gives you street cred mm-hmm. um, for when you then want to go and do the broader um, impact work or policy work. Um, and so for, just for that reason alone, employers, when they're hiring for the impact work, the policy work, they want to see people who've actually been um, on the front lines working with these clients and really seeing what these issues are. So hopefully that gives you a better idea of what legal aid and nonprofit attorneys do. We wanted to end by giving you a quote from Mario about what he finds meaningful in his job and why he gets personal value from being a legal aid attorney. There need to be people who are prepared to give the, our clients what they need. Um, and, and, you know, I think that means giving up part of yourself. It means being able to be emotionally present and empathetic and do all the hard work of um, you know, supporting our vulnerable clients through a tough time um, in a traditional role, you might not have to do that. And so, you know, that co- that's a cost, but the benefit is this beautiful relationship that you might be able to serve with this person who has just been marginalized, pushed out, cast out, has, you know, over time has just been beat down so, so often. You can do something to lift that person up. And by extension, the community is, um, is just, it's, it's beautiful. And I think it's something that um, we should all aspire to.